Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the car session sports report, people. Buckle up and let's go. We missed a few things at the end of the NBA Finals. So, we're here. Let's talk about it. Throughout this whole season, the Golden State Warriors, they were very impressive. Statistically, one of the greatest teams of all time in the regular season. In the playoffs, obviously, as we saw things transpire, those wonderful regular season stats didn't amount to much. So, I think the biggest issue that kind of got swept under the rug by the powers that be at that network that we love to kick, but we still listen and and, and watch it and and, and everything else in terms of consuming sports from it. Analytics people were waving the flag. I'm talking about swinging the flag, waving it like a terrible towel, all season long, laughing at all the old school sports fans who had turned their noses up at analytics. You know, those people who use the eye test, who can just look at a player and say, I know this dude can ball. This guy can play. Analytics will hit you with the, well, statistics say that if you take this shot from this particular location, that's the best possible place to take the shot and the highest percentage opportunity of making that shot. And they laughed at the eye test fans and the guys who've been in this game 30, 40 years or their whole lives. Even former players felt the wrath of the analytics committee. But then lo and behold, the NBA Finals rolls around. The outcome is what it was. And then the analytics people just disappear. We haven't heard from them. Where is Emil El Hassan? Where is True Who? Where is all those analytics guys at Yahoo? Where, where is those guys at CBS? Where are the bloggers on Twitter? Where they at? I'm looking for them. Y'all just disappeared? Because the old adage of talent beating stats came back into play. During during this playoff run, I had conversations with a lot of people. A lot of people who are ball fans. Some people who played the game at the college level. And we had a whole debate back and forth, even a couple of coaches about LeBron's talent being able to supersede what the team play of the Warriors brings to the table. We kind of got a taste of that in the conference finals with the, with the massive talent of Kevin Durant and the Russell Westbrook was putting a level of pressure that it almost seems like the Warriors couldn't deal with. But over time, with a Klay Thompson classic performance in the game six, the last appearance from Chef Curry in game seven, they found a way to push through and get to the NBA Finals. And for four games of the NBA Finals, it looked as though analytics was going to win. The team that took the shot that was worth more, the team that took the highest percentage shot, the team that moved the ball, that got to the spots on the floor, where it was either going to be a three-point shot or a shot in the paint, was going to win. But then, throbbing talent, pulsing talent, started to push through. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, similar positions, to at point guard and small forward to that of the Oklahoma City Thunder, point guard, small forward, their talent just kept putting a level of pressure that no amount of math could deal with. So I guess we have to go back to this whole question. Is it truly the analytics era? Is it really the analytics era? Because if you ask me, talent defeated and superseded analytics in the NBA Finals. LeBron James in his sheer athleticism, Kyrie, combination platter, 
was too much for any math equation. So I'm, I'm sitting around here, and I got to wonder now, because I was starting to drink the Kool-Aid. I was starting to really go with the vibe. I'm a Lakers fan. And I, I read the articles about the Lakers being late to the analytics game because, as we know from Lakers history, they're big on talent. They were talent beats. Talent trumps talent more often than not. So they were late to the analytics party. But then now we see talent trumping math in the NBA, and now we have to ask ourselves once again, wait a minute. This is not baseball. This is not baseball. There ain't no wins, upon, wins above replacement, win shares, this and that. Don't get me wrong. Some of the stats that those analytics guys use, they're very useful. I, w- I won't hold you up here. It's extremely useful to use some of those stats. Like, like defici- defensive efficiency. I think that was critical for people who didn't understand that the Warriors actually played defense because the Warriors gave up over 100 points per game. There was a how did a team that's given up 100 points per game be good at defense? The defensive efficiency rate allowed us to understand that while they played more possessions per game, they were able to get more stops. But then again, do you need analytics to tell you that they got more stops? Do you really need to see that? I don't think you do. I really don't think you need to see that. It's pretty evident if you watch the games that this team just plays faster. These guys, there's not necessarily the seven seconds or less, because more often than not, it might be three seconds or less with the Warriors. You can just look at the game and see that they play faster, therefore there's more possession, therefore if they're blowing a team out, that means that they got more stops. You don't need a math equation, a fancy math equation to tell you that. I feel like all that fancy math got in the way. If you look at some of those possessions, if you look at a few of those possessions in the NBA Finals, analytics cost the Warriors that series because they were so tried and true to that three-point shot that they didn't want to do anything else. They were turning the corner on possession. Having straight drops to the basket. But they pulled for the three because the, the statistics show and analytics and the excuse me, and the analytics community believes that the three obviously is worth more than the two, so take the three. Hmm? They got shot in the foot by the more talented team at certain positions that could get whatever shot they wanted, whenever they wanted. Analytics was 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 key in terms of the defensive strategy. We're going to give LeBron the jump shot. We're going to switch Kyrie on to LeBron because LeBron can keep making those shots. And for two consecutive games, Steph Curry on the island because the stats say that LeBron's not a good shooter, allowed LeBron to shoot them into a game seven. And then we saw what happened after that. The same thing with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, that show he's a straight shooter. So we, we can run the risk of putting Steph Curry in situations because we don't believe that Kyrie Irving could put the kind of pressure that he was putting on Steph Curry. When talent came to the forefront, when the cream rose to the top, what was analytics really doing? Analytics had nothing to do with the fact that the talented team, the talented players, overarched all those fancy numbers from those guys out in software country in Oakland. You know what I mean? Silicon Valley took a big fat L, and I feel like with all the coverage about LeBron's greatness and the coming back from the 3-1 deficit, that story got swept all the way under the rug. It's almost like analytics got a pass for that one. But no, 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 no. The wonderful folks here at Card Sessions, we don't let little things like that pass away. We peep the game, and we enlighten you on the game. Another thing, another underreported story in the aftermath of the NBA Finals that caught my attention was the fact that LeBron James, yo, he's great. Don't get me wrong. I ain't here to bash King James. He's that guy. But what is it with these fans? Like, they, they, they're already doing a comparison thing. He won the chip. Salute that man. But all the same, why are we doing top five this? Top three that? All-time great this? Bruh, LeBron James. He won his championship. I'm going to say this is his championship. The Miami Heat Ensemble, that was the Pat Riley, D-Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh championship. It was a shared piece. No Mickey Harrison in there. This was a LeBron James championship. He penned the letter to Sports Illustrated. He he did what was necessary. He, picked, he, li- he literally picked the players that he wanted. This is the King James championship. But now, the first thing I have to hear is now he's top five. 
Now he's this. Now he's that. He's better than Larry Bird. In some respects, he's greater than Michael Jordan. Why can't we just appreciate LeBron James? Now, this is big coming from me. It's LeBron James, and I've been hard on the guy. But at the same time, the game always has to recognize the game. I'm, I'm the type of person, if I see BS, I call BS, and if BS is continuous, I'm either going to call it or I'm not going to mess with the BS situation anymore. LeBron has elevated beyond the BS. Now, he's well beyond that. He's great. He's in a different stratosphere of great. But now I'm seeing Mount Rushmore and all this and that. Like, yo, hold on. Forget Larry Bird. Forget Jordan. Forget Kobe. Forget Magic. Forget Kareem. Forget Oscar Robinson. Forget all these guys. Let's talk about LeBron. LeBron went out there when he was challenged by for the pundits, Phil Jackson, the city of Cleveland, the whole Golden State Warriors team and franchise. They all called LeBron James out. And he stood up. He stood up like he's never stood up before. I've never seen LeBron stand up in a situation like that. Never, 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 never have I ever. So instead of us comparing this man, instead of us comparing him, get this man his moment. Let's worship the king for a change. We got a, we got the rest of our lives to compare him to whoever we want to compare him to. But why waste our energy posting these bogus memes and stat comparisons and, and career art comparisons. Now I'm seeing the latest one is a chart with trophies where if you have the NBA Finals trophy, it's the win. If it's the shape of the trophy but it's blank, it's a loss. Why are we doing this? Salute LeBron James. Salute the Cleveland Cavaliers. Salute J.R. Smith for showing up. Salute combination planner Kyrie Irving for hitting the game winner. Let's not get caught up in the comparison game directly after the NBA Finals. That's a little exhausting for your boy. Another issue that I feel like has gone underreported by yours truly in the media, not me, but yours truly in the media, because I'm speaking to the media, is the fact that last year teams, teams, players, and media essentially went out of their way to discredit what the Warriors did and route to an NBA championship because of the fact that they played against teams that were hurt. They didn't go up against teams that were 100%. And like I said a week ago, to a certain degree, I kind of have to look at the Warriors a little bit crazy because, you know, Kyrie Irving was the deciding factor. He wasn't there last year. Fear has to be fair. It's evident. It's obvious. Steph Curry was not Chef Curry. He was just a guy in the NBA Finals. Andrew Bogut left his knee on the court in the NBA Finals. Draymond Green missed the game, albeit his own fault. A closeout game, which switched the momentum in the NBA Finals. Why is there no asterisk for the Cleveland Cavaliers? That's my question. They don't get an asterisk, but the Warriors do. Similar circumstances. It was 3-1 with the whole deck for the Warriors. The series flipped once the body started dropping. Each game, somebody was missing. Hmm. No Draymond in game five. No Bogut in game six and game seven. Chef Curry left his knee in game seven of the NBA Finals for the final time. But they, but they get roasted and the Warriors, excuse me, the Cavaliers get celebrated. Where the asterisk at for them? I feel like that just flew away. In their haste, the media, in their haste, to salute and grope LeBron in his privates. <laughs> they just wanted to sweep everything else under the rug. Let's, 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 let's distract them with trophy talk and parades. Let's just distract them with that because we really don't want to talk about what really happened in the NBA Finals. The Warriors became compromised. The Warriors came, actually the Warriors came into the Finals compromised. And with each passing game, they became more and more compromised. The coach couldn't believe what was happening to the point that he couldn't even adjust. But the fact remains is that, albeit not a similar size asterisk, this should be an asterisk next to the Cavaliers championship. As of right now, June 27th at 7.14 p.m., we have not seen the NBA Finals with a full-strength Warriors versus a full-strength Cavaliers. That, my friends, is an inarguable fact. You cannot argue that, people. I don't want to hear anything else. You can't argue the fact that we haven't seen these two teams with the two faces of the league at 100% or as much as what 100% could be 
in the NBA Finals. I don't want to hear an argument. Prove me wrong. You can't. I, I just hit you with a Colin Coward argument. I hit you with facts that you can't argue, but you really want to argue it, but you can't do it. Maybe next season, if the sports gods will allow it, the basketball gods specifically, we can get a fully healthy Warriors versus a fully healthy Cavs in the rubber match, and we can decide who the king of kings is in the NBA. But those are the three major stories I felt like kind of got pushed to the side during the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? But with that said, I had to give you a little pregnant pause there, give you a chance to catch your breath. I gave you a lot of information there. It's time to shift gears. This past Thursday, the Los Angeles Lakers, pick who will be another guy. We picked, the, the Los Angeles Lakers picked another guy who you could say is part of the building blocks of the future of the Los Angeles Lakers, especially now in the post-Kobe era. And we have our guy, Chris from Blue Collar Sports, you know, by way of L.A. I, I call him my L.A. plug because when it comes to the Lakers, I know he's getting it firsthand. So I wanted to highlight him about the draft pick, what he thinks about the pick, and get the L.A. temperature. So let's get Chris on the air. Chris, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on? Welcome back. Hey, man. Hey, happy to be on. Yeah, L.A., we are pumped right now. We we like Brandon Ingram a whole lot. Uh, I myself like him better than Ben Simmons. Uh, when I break down, uh, I get side by side. I see that uh, Brandon Ingram is a better scorer. He's a better shooter. He's a better defender. Mm-hmm. And he's longer and he's a whole year younger. Um, so... With that said, I think Lakers really won that draft pick. Uh, I, I, I was glad they didn't take Ben Simmons, and I was glad they didn't make the trade. There was a heavy trade talk for Jimmy Butler. I was so glad they didn't do that because, you know, Lakers are the team that they're known for always building with these franchise players out of the draft, and it seems like with, ben, with uh, Brandon Ingram, he can be that key piece that can lead us into the future along with D'Angelo, Randall, and Clarkson. We're, we're happy. We're pumped. We got a 4 4. We're ready to go. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, man. I agree with the pick. You know, in the past, I'm, I've been all on deck as a Laker fan out west for the big name moves. You know, the Shaq back when I was a kid, the Pau Gasol, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard. We love it. We live for that as Laker fans. But I feel uh-huh. like Jimmy, I, well, I should say, I felt like Jimmy Butler wasn't the guy for the second pick in the draft when you have a Brandon Ingram coming out. Brandon Ingram, to me, is like the perfect West Coast kind of player. He's a Western Conference guy. Six foot ten, lanky, can shoot the ball. He's going to fill out. He's going to be about 215, 220 when it's all said and done. That's the kind of guy you want. He will be a two-way player. So why trade him for Jimmy Butler, who's already 27? And I'm not sure how much height he's going to hit beyond where he's at right now. So I agree with Cupchak. I'm one of the few still on the Cupchak and Jim Butts bus. I agree with every move they've made thus far. How do you feel about me co-signing Lakers Brass? Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, it, it would have totally been a cop-out if they would have traded for Butler because that, that seems like a desperation move. Like, they're not sure if Ingram's going to pan out, and they know what they have with Butler. But what they do have with Butler is somebody who's not going to get him to the promised land. So right. I like I like them staying pat and, and staying with this core team. But what this means is that, the, the Jimmy Butts promise where give me three years and I'll get us back into contention. Well, this right. is going to be his this is going to be his third year. They're not going to be back in contention this year. They're going to be up for lucky. They're going to get 30, 30 wins and we're going to see promise in the fourth team. So all this means is that Laker fans are going to have to ride this out for a little while longer with Jimmy yeah. Butts and and uh, Mitch Kupchak. I do like Kupchak. I like the moves they've made. Um, right. And we just really have to see how this free agency pans out. You know, there's rumors of Hassan Whiteside. That's really like big. that. I, he's kind of, he scares me a little bit because he's been known to be crazy. But yeah. I, I do like what, what he brings to the table. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping they stay away from DeMar DeRozan. And what oh, it yes. looks like DeRozan wants to go back to Toronto, so that's good. Um, and I really hope they pick up Whiteside and Nicholas Batum. I think Batum would be perfect. Uh, he would still have Boyd. He has some veteran leadership out there. Um, I think it would be great. And I really want them to bring back Metal World Peace, as crazy as that sounds. 
just so he can help control that locker room and all. Um, I like what you say. I'm not too worried about Hassan Whiteside because I believe that as much as people have, have kicked the Lakers coach, I feel like the Lakers' overall winning pedigree and the people that they have inside that office is perfect for a white side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like him coming to the Lakers with the right people around, the right people in place, some Kareem to Worthy, all the classic bigs we have, Magic Lingering, Kobe now, a OG. There's a lot of guys around that's going to help out. Brian Shaw is big. Like he, Outside of his head coaching stint, he's done really well as an assistant to helping guys to keeping their head in the game. So I feel like Definitely. those guys in place, and Draymond Green is not is not the same person we saw what Luke Walton did for Draymond. So I feel like the uh-huh. Lakers have the people and the structure in place to keep a guy like Whiteside on the street and narrow. Um, but to your question, I wanted to ask you more about the city. How is L.A. feeling? Is, is L.A. on board with Ingram? Are they prepared for maybe another season or two of building until we get back to the elite? Like, What's the temperature like out there? Well... A lot, a lot of people are excited because they're happy with it with the draft picks. I mean, Lakers have actually drafted really, really well despite all the criticism that Bless and Kupchak have gotten over the years. They've drafted really well. Now, I've noticed with D'Angelo when the when the trade rumors came up a few weeks ago, the Lakers had D'Angelo on the trading block. A lot of fans were happy about that because all that stuff that went down with Nick Young, they felt like he couldn't be trusted which I think it's just flat-out crazy. I mean, D'Angelo's 19 years old. He's, he's a dumb <laughs> kid. You know? They're going to do dumb things. That's what happens. You know, and uh, and at the end of the day, despite what he did, uh, are you going to take D'Angelo or Nick Young? If you're smart, you're going to go with D'Angelo every single day. So it, it was the right move to keep him. Um, and everyone's happy. We're all pumped up with this, this poor team. And the smart fans know that trading and, and giving up on your rookies for – all-stars that have never done anything would be the wrong move. That's why we're glad we haven't got DeRozan. We're glad we didn't go and get Jimmy Butler. We're glad we don't have those two guys on our team because they're not going to lead us to a championship, especially with KD and Russ and Golden State still being what they are. It it wouldn't lead us anywhere. So, knowing the Lakers, they built through the draft. They pick stars and they're off to a good club. We're all happy. Everyone's pumped right now. You know, I, I applaud L.A for understanding what the situation is. I said like a year ago, if this was franchise mode and like 2K or live back in the day, and you told me I could pick a team and I could pick my head coach, have a top draft pick, and wildcat room to spend, who doesn't want that? You have a clean canvas, a completely Uh clean canvas to build whatever kind of team you want to build. And I I, I trust this front office. Like I said, Jim Buss is taking some hits. But people don't realize that the last couple of championships, Jim Jim Buss had a much bigger role than people understood at the time because they were still giving mm-hmm. it to Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss was sick for years, for years before it became news. Jim Buss was the guy who was putting that together. So I trust Jimmy. I feel like his relationship with Jeannie and the fact that they're not close kind of hurt the, the the direction and the way things looked. You know what I mean? But I'm on. I'm fully on deck for the Laker rebuild. Um, Chris, before I let you go. Obviously, free agency begins this Friday. We got to have you back on to talk about these Laker moves if and when they happen. Oh, definitely. And one more thing before I go, just think of the transition that will happen in the league over the next four or five years when you see Golden State and San Antonio and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the Thunder finally get old, and you're going to see this new cream of the crop of these 4-4 mm-hmm. on the Lakers and the 4-4 on the Timberwolves, and you're going to see oh, yeah. a new battle emerge in the West. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, I can't wait. Like I was telling my, my homie TJ, I, I know I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna absolutely hate the Timberwolves because they're gonna be in the way. But Chris, I'm gonna have you on later this week, bro. Just be available for me, man. I will definitely, man. Definitely, yo. Everybody, check out the Blue Collar po- Blue Collar Sports Podcast. It's really dope stuff. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Definitely. And from that Laker centric vibe, we're gonna have a, a general draft talk with the homie TJ. TJ, what's good? Welcome back, man. What up, though? I'm here now. What's good? What's good? What's good? You you heard you heard you heard everything, man. I went with my Laker brethren, Chris out west. How do you feel about that? Man, listen, I, I'm just tired of Laker talking now. I don't want to talk about y'all <laughs> and everything. And everything, y'all do y'all. 
I'm happy for y'all. Y'all, y'all looking good, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? But y'all, just, just leave me out of it. Uh, here you go. Salty. Salty. <laughs> listen, I'm not going to call you the because it's racial. But I'm just going to leave it at saltine. Listen, that's fine and everything, but like you know what I'm saying, like my team, we had to trade into the first round and everything like that in order to get a first round pick, or whatever. And I think we actually did it pretty good in the draft, or whatever. But like, yeah, right. I commend the Lakers; they did pretty good the past two seasons in terms of drafting and everything. Hopefully, fingers crossed. However, just see, looks bright for them. Um, but I'm sorry, Minnesota looks still the better team going forward. Oh, certainly. I want to say that he mentioned that the, that the, the Timberwolves are the team to really look at right now out west in terms of youthful talent. How did you feel about them sneaking Chris Dunn out of this draft, man? That was a steal to me. It wasn't still it wasn't if I was Jim, it wouldn't have been the route I would have went because I'd rather have right. got somebody in there that can like have an immediate impact being buddy. Um mm-hmm. but this gives them options now because now Ricky Rubio essentially is on the is on the trading block. I would right. I essentially believe that. Unless they play a two point guard system and have done playing more of the shooting guard role and right. everything, but then you have to think about it. Right, if you trade away maybe a B class point guard in Rubio, what do what value do you think you get back from him? And everything True. like where True. where will be ideal spots for him to go and what can you get from him? Like there's a couple of places that you can look at. You can look at Utah and try right. to pull away one of their shooting guards. You can look at um Phoenix. Phoenix has a whole bunch of point guards though. And the other spot I actually thought about was trying to get Wes Matthews from Dallas. I think he'll be a good good backcourt teammate with Dunn. They both play good D and everything. And he can actually fill in the spots and hit get you fifteen to twenty points a game too. But right, right. Right there. that's just speculation for now. Whatever but listen, it's still looking good for the for the Timberwolves, regardless of who they selected. I feel like your Laker hate is, 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 is driving this. You know, I don't get me wrong. Andrew Wiggins is high-end talent. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is high-end talent. But Julius Randle ain't no slouch. My man Jonathan Clark ain't no slouch. He got that boys. He got boys last season. D'Angelo Russell actually has a coach this year, baby, who's going who's gonna to use him correctly. You're going to see a big leap from the Lakers. I'm calling it right now. I'm not saying playoffs, but I'm, I'm calling between 30 and 35 wins. From a team that won 17 to jump up to maximum 35, that's almost a 20-game leap, bro. I'm calling it. I'm t- this team's going to surprise some people. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This I like the Jazz better than Lakers going into the season, so. Okay? And the Jazz is actually wasn't a bad team or whatever. Well, okay. I'm the Jazz better than other unis. But, like, that's not it. I'm not Jazz. I like that uniform. I, I like the Jazz uniforms, bro. I like them. Um, I kind of miss that. I kind of miss that Carl Malone purple and John Stockton purple uniform with like the little mountain and everything on that. Kind of miss that. One. Oh come on, son! That was like a '90s fail. Like all those teams with these wild graphics on the jersey. You had the ginormous dinosaur on the Raptors. You had the big, the big buck on the Bucks uniform. Come on, man! Now, yeah, let's, let's move yeah. on. The humongous hawk in the middle of the Hawks jersey. The '90s fashion was horrible, man. Man, listen, I, I don't know. I just like that. And everything. I, I'm not sure about the green, purple. It makes me feel like they're from, like, I, I know the franchise is originally from New Orleans. It just makes me feel like they've got a whole bunch of confetti on the uniform now. And everything. Right, so, right. Like, I, yeah, man, man, listen, I, I, I'll be at it. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Um, Boston Celtics, I, well, a part of me feels like they failed. I don't know why. Even though Jalen Brown, for much of this season, was the third-ranked prospect in the draft. Something about this pick and something about the way the draft transpired for the Celtics, I feel like they took a big fat L. I, am I am I wilding for that one, or did, did they take an L in the draft this week? I think they did. Um, I guess they felt like nobody wanted to trade with them or whatever, and right, right. essentially that's what was so. They still didn't improve their shooting and everything. Um, that was a key thing. I think they can improve their front court, but nobody. I guess it, the best bet for me at that point would probably have been Dragon Bender. Just have somebody right. in the wings waiting to to come up, to come to fruition and be the man stepping forward and everything. Jalen Brown, like I said last week, man, like he's very very raw. But don't get this not getting construed though, because he does have a great coach in Brad Stevens over there. 
and mm-hmm. maybe you could coach him up. He doesn't have to play as much right now, but then you could say the same thing about picking somebody else, like a Dragon Bender or Buddy Hill or um, a Chris Dunn at that time. And you could still still trade away one of your point guards. It still kept done. So, like, I don't Yeah. Yeah. Or even Jamal Murray at that point. Like, somebody that could shoot. Or whatever. But, hey, they went that route. Celtics won 48 games with, with the talent that they had. They didn't really – I feel like they really did not improve the roster as much. So, you just got right, to see what they right. able to do in free agency. Right. I feel like you kind of made a prediction. I'm not sure if my memory's failing, but I feel like you kind of said that Whitehead would end up in Brooklyn. Did you say that last year? I feel like you did. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I said I would be surprised if he had fell to the second round and everything like that. So Brooklyn, got, we got our hometown youngster in there. We got actually two two dudes in the roster now originally from New York City. And I have a right. host of Chris McCullough from Syracuse that we drafted last year. Basically, right. he will probably have been in the lottery if he came out this year, but he had tore ACL last year. Basically, he took the year off the hill. And now we got um, Isaiah Whitehead who could put buckets in. And we got to see what Levert is coming off the, I believe it was a shoulder or foot injury he had. I mean, I like Levert. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been, I've been more and more growing partial towards seniors, four-year guys coming into the pros. They, recently, they've been showing that they, there's a lot more to them as opposed to just being old dudes in college. So, I think Levert, if he can stay healthy, you know, that's, that's a big if these days with sports. For all this technology, guys seem like they're getting hurt more and more and more. If he can stay healthy, I feel like the Nets, low-key, are going to have a great draft. TJ, put, hit that pause button for a second. I got a call coming in. I guess they want to get in on this draft talk action. Let's get him on the air. No problem. Caller, you're live with Jarv and TJ talking some NBA drafts. State your name. Where you from? Yo, Jarv. Yo, TJ, what's going on? Yo, yo, this is Esco from L.A. Yo, what's good? What up? What up? What up? Wait, 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 wait. Tell me, you don't sound like you got that L.A. accent, though. Like, that sounds like a New York Hell accent no. in L.A. Nah, oh, there it goes. Nah, I hear it now. I hear it now. <laughs> I, I got you, I got you, I got you. Nah, nah. you yo, I was I wasn't gonna if he said his name was Esco, I think I know who this is trying to be funny. <laughs> but what up though? Nah, nah, hey, I just had to touch on the beginning topic that you were talking about, which is which is real big business. Now hear me out. Okay. Did analytics really lose? You know, What's up? You, it, it, from the perception it seems like they took a L. But if you really think about it, it's almost like the lotto. I think they came up big time. I think okay. the chances of analytics in Vegas being wrong is almost slim to none. Right. So if there is nothing, no logical guy is going to bet against the Cavs 3-1. Nothing, nothing. I, I, you can throw anything. Listen, they could have got Jordan to play in his prime in a time machine. 3-1, right. that's a closeout game. So the odds right. are ridiculous. And now we're in point. So people are now getting hope. I think analytics at this point is about to triple in its investments with the public because people are now saying, wait a minute, they're wrong sometimes. So we're going to play against it. Well, hold on, hold on. I think you, I think you missing me. I'm, I'm for analytics. What I'm saying is, in this particular sample, which was the last three games of the NBA Finals. Analytics lost to talent. That's that's my argument. Analytics didn't decide what Kyrie and LeBron was doing to them boys. That's that's all I'm saying. I feel like for this particular round of the finals, analytics took an L. That's all I'm saying. Not generally speaking, but in that sample, that three game sample, when it was money time, I felt like talent won. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. But just one thing, and just to touch on it, when you said that they when they lost, right? Since analytics lost, and it, I mean, let's be honest, it. If they if Golden State played the Cavs ten times in a seven game series, there's no way LeBron would ever put up those points again. That was never indeed. That was an anomaly. We're talking about I don't know, I think he went to you know, Allah Jesus, all the guys together gave him some power. <laughs> because that ain't never gonna happen again. So I agree with you. Know, you know what? You you make a lot you make a lot of sense. That's what I wanna give you that point. That was a, that was a valid point right there. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that I think people are going to challenge to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? We could probably beat Vegas. And they're going to lose their money like everybody right. in Vegas does. You know so what, what you saying? saying is, so, what you, so what you're saying is LeBron was at the blackjack table and just happened to get hot at the right time. LeBron and Kyrie, they was counting some cards and they got it right for a couple of rounds. That's, that's what that's what we're talking about here? I think we're talking that and maybe the, 
I'm fully on deck with the 14th pick in the NBA draft. What are your thoughts about Valentine going to Chicago? I think personally that's the second best fit for a player to go to out of in the lottery. Okay. Um, the only one I had better than that was Buddy going to the Pelicans. But right. for for Denzel to go to the Bulls and everything, where his skill set actually kind of helps out Butler and takes some pressure away from him, because now the Bulls essentially don't have a point guard, right? Right. Denzel can run a kind of, funny enough, coming from a Tom Izzo college system, can run right. the Draymond Green kind of role I, at a smaller, at a smaller pace. I'll argue that they didn't have a point guard when the Rose was there, but continue. Well, that's fine. That's fine. And everything. Like, it's, it's, you will make Knicks fans angry in the next segment anyway, so I'm not even going, I'm not even going to say nothing much more on that. We'll go anyway back to Denzel. So, like, he's coming in, and I watched his kids from this past season and everything like that. Like, right. I feel like he was the most NBA ready at any player that was coming out. Honest truth. Right. And right. Right. he played for Tom Izzo, and usually Tom Izzo players come out fairly well. Like Mo, Mo Peterson, Draymond. Now we got um, Denzel. So we'll see what he what he can do in Chicago. It's going to be more so of a role of what he does. Like, do you bring mm-hmm. him off the bench or do you start him? Right. That'll be a question. Right. Because um, essentially, bro, you're playing like with Jimmy Butler at like, are you gonna move Butler to the three or are you gonna put Denzel at the three? I'll put Denzel at the three. But shout out to Mateen Cleaves, one of one of one of the Izzo failures. But I oh think yeah, he's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be at the three because I think that Butler Wiley can't play the three. He's more of a natural two because he doesn't have the girth to play the three to right now in, in the East. If he was in the West, I think he could get away with being the three. But in the East, you need a little bit more body mass. So I think he'll be a right. natural two. Okay, fair enough. Ooh, that's what mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what they got going on in Chicago and everything. They got some pretty oh, good yeah. front court players. I heard that they're still trying to trade away Todd Gibson too, though. So we got to keep an eye on that one. Yes. I, we, shout, out, shout out to Brooklyn, Todd Gibson. Maybe, maybe the next could finesse him and make it an all-Brooklyn squad for real. But, um, uh, no, I'm TJ? Good. I'm good with that one. That's going to be too much money. I'm good. We're building. TJ, I'm, I'm about to go do what I do. You know you know yeah, what time have, is about to be, bro. Yeah, have, have fun with those nigga boxing fans and everything. When they start throwing oranges at you in the street, don't, don't blame me. I live for that. <laughs> TJ, I'm going to holler at you real soon. Free agency. We got to get in on it, bro. Definitely, bro. All right, peace. All right, Knicks Tate. You know, when the D-Rose trade happened, I was fully on board with it. I said that you guys got Derrick Rose for essentially pennies on the dollar. It's all record and documented that Job co-signed the Derrick Rose trade. Believe it or not, I still do. But it's Nick fans that are killing me right now. You Johnny come lately. You guys are like so it's not all. Let me let me let me backtrack. Not all of you, but a certain sector of you Johnny come lately Nick fans who heard me get hyped for the dirt road trade because it was good business, but didn't understand that the phrase good business was a loaded statement. It's good business because she got up for pennies on the dollar. It's also good business because he was only worth pennies on the dollar. So now, you out here, you ranting and raving, hooting and hollering, celebrating a guy who's been perennially injured. He's walking around here with plastic knees. He's like a surgery array from a knee replacement, and you're hollering. If you get a superstar or a former superstar for pennies on the dollar, that means you're getting a used sports car with engine issues. You understand that? That means that there's some things wrong with that Porsche that you just copped, or that Maybach that you just copped, or that Maserati that you just copped. When you, when you try to top out at about 200 and some change, the engine explodes through the hood, and then you have no car. This is why. This is why you got up for pennies on a dollar. The problem I'm having with a certain section of you Knicks fans is the fact that once you got D-Rose, you fell back into your classic mode of thinking big when you make a, a transaction. Every Nick transaction of my youth now into my adulthood has led to a certain section of Nick fans automatically assuming championships or at least greater things than they're currently constituted. 
Now, now the wave is, oh, we got Derrick Rose and his plastic knees. Now we're going to get a meeting with, with Kevin Durant. How we go from pennies on the dollar, we stole Derrick Rose, let's hope he's good, so now we about to get Kevin Durant. You guys still haven't even gotten a meeting yet. You haven't even officially gotten a meeting yet, but you're out here puffing your chest out like Mighty Mouse celebrating a possible meeting. Are you kidding me? A dinner with Carmelo Anthony in New York City or wherever the dinner took place does not guarantee anything. Need I remind you that Carmelo, just two years ago, did the same thing with Kobe. He was out in L.A., had dinner with Kobe. Kobe brought him to Mitch. They had to meet and they had to sit down. And then Melo went right back to New York. He did all of that because Kobe was his man. Just like KD is Melo's man. He's doing in the silence just to tell him no in the end. So just because you got plastic knees, does not guarantee you anything with Kevin Durant besides some bogus headlines from NBA Social, which might not even be a reputable site for NBA transactions over the rumor mill. The only time they get things right is when the news actually happens. You understand that? <laughs> so you people here, celebrating, sticking your chest out, bigging up plastic knees, bigging up meetings that are not even officially happening yet, Take a step back. A dinner with Carmelo Anthony is nothing more than the way they're giving you a menu. Them selecting an appetizer, entree, and dessert, talking some basketball, and going home. All right? Okay? Derrick Rose for pennies on the dollar means that you got a banged-up used sports car that you didn't check the car facts on. Slow down. That's all I'm saying. Pump your brakes, big fellas. That's all I'm saying. Because when you don't get Derrick Rose, you're going to call yourself, excuse me, you don't get Kevin Durant, you're going to call yourself booing this guy in the garden like he promised you anything anyway, much like he did when you got mad at LeBron for, for not coming <laughs> the first time. He never promised you anything. So what are you getting excited about? Keep mellow. Keep Knicks taps, the only good thing you got besides Melo, and plastic needs, and stay in your place. Knicks tape. Huh. We got a call coming in live to car sessions. Eddie, I'm going to be with you in a second. Car sessions, you live with Jav. State your name, where you're from. Yo, it's Dean Emo from the BX. Yo, Jav, what it look like, man? What, what, what it is, bro? What it is? Yo. I'm not. I'm not appreciating the slander, man. <laughs> the slander's heavy, man. Yo, hey. first of all, I just want. I just want to state, man. I, I was. I was not. I was not because I'm a big Knicks fan. You know how I get yes, down. Um, I know how you get but down. But I, I was not excited about the trade. I thought the trade made sense. Okay. And I, and I, I appreciated that, and I, I did like Lopez, man. I did. I do okay. like him. I thought he was a good look as far as like you know what I'm saying. What he did, what we need him to do. Like the whole Derrick Rose thing, man. Um, like financially, it makes sense. It clears right. a lot of space. It's a one-year deal, but we ain't going nowhere no time So We need to calm down as individuals. <laughs> it's you know, just not happening. You you know, Diddy, bro. I feel like there needs to be more Knicks fans on your side of the fence that I come across. I always seem to come across these over-eager Knickerbocker fans who expect every every cha- every move leads to a championship. That's not how this works, man. It just, it just doesn't work you, that way. You will, never, you will never find a more biased fan than a New York Knicks fan, bro. Ever. Oh, my God. That, that, you that you are not lying right now. Yo, ever, uh, ever. It's just like New, just like New Yorkers in general. It's just how we get down, man. We want to see change, and we want to see change now. Obama ain't quick enough, man. <laughs> you did. We need change immediately. That's just how we are. And, and the thing is that we always get stars on their last leg, man. Yes. We yes. get stars on the regular. They just, they just don't have the shine no more. You know what I'm saying? But None. who knows, man? For all I know, that's that's another thing about this trait. Let's say Derek it's contract year too, so that man gonna play like he gonna like he's starving, you know what I'm saying? He gonna right, fall right. Lord Lord willing if he's healthy enough to do so. 
But what, what what if his knee falls off? What if he averages forty a game, man? Can we really take that for four more years, man? Can we really can we really urge that signing, man? Can we? Man? I don't I don't I don't think so at all. I can't, man. Two, the most so I can do is throw him two years, man. Two years is the most we can do. We can't do nothing more than two years, man. And I think that's generous. <laughs> generous. Oh, man. Years. What would well, you, you know that ain't happening. Pla- uh, if I was the GM, he would Bro, get, he would get a three-year deal. Three years? I'll give him, you know what, because he still, he still has the ego of an athlete, bro, a big-time athlete. So no. I'll give him two years with a, with an option for a third, you know? Take not, take not. Only with team options. When the kid, when the kid is healthy, the kid balls like very few ball in the NBA. Let's be honest, you know what I'm saying? Six, MVP. Yeah, that's a fact. Six years ago. Six that's years ago, you know what I'm saying? But in like six but in years like ago, in like four knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do like Mr. Glass from. Come on, break yes. He's like Mr. Glass. This shit is crazy. But yes, but let's say we see some spark of greatness. You know what I'm saying? So, like, let's say, let's say he gets back to to, to that form. Because you know, I I seen the press conference. He sounds enthusiastic. He sounds right. like he wants. And like I said, New York is really one of the few places where it's always dope to make a new, fresh name for yourself. You know what I'm saying? He had True. to get out of Chicago. His name is already to. tarnished. He he has a great chance here to make a name for himself. I think he just. Stay healthy, man. Eat your broccoli and your spinach, man. And, and do what you can. And, and like I said, two years, man. Three, three years. You're you're a very generous man, bro. Like I said, hey. man. That, it's business. Man, if you was a, I, I, I got to give him a little something. Man, it just, I want to see it happen, bro. I, as far as KD, I, I can't see that happening. You got to remember, man. This, this man just came from the. He was a, literally a, a couple <laughs> baskets away from the finals, man. Yes. And yo, you gotta tell you gotta tell your people that. But yo, Dini, I hate to cut you off, but I I got to get him on. I'm I gotta get him on. Yeah, I mean, yo, you know I'm gonna be back on next week, so we can we can pick this right back up, definitely. I'm on deck, brother. All right, bro, peace. My man, yes sir. All right, it's time for some New York Mets talk to bring this show home with the homie Eddie Cigarro. Eddie. What's good, Ray, man? What's good? Thanks. What's going on, Ray? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm sorry that I had to clap your necks like that. I'm very, very sorry, but that's really how I felt about the situation. My apologies. Apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, we, 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 we showed up the time, to, took a couple of unexpected calls there. But uh, Jose Reyes is back home with the New York Mets. Let's get right into that. How do you feel about this move and some backlash with the whole domestic violence situation? But I'm going to stay away from that. Strictly baseball for the Mets. How do you feel about that pickup? Strictly. So I was mixed on it. When I originally found out that the Mets had some interest, I just wasn't too sure if he was a good fit. Because obviously since the age of 19, Jose Reyes has been an everyday player. They're right. the Mets, the way they're currently constructed, they're not asking him to be an everyday player. Well, they're obviously not asking him to be an everyday shortstop because um, Cabrera's played great for them this year. They're asking him to play third base, a position that he's never played before in the major leagues, and they're probably going to put him out in left field. So I think it's a good move because what else is out there for the Mets to pick up? He's, he's an upgrade over Wilma Flores. Um, you know, the Mets fan in me loves the move, but then, you know, right. I'm, I'm nervous, you know, I just don't know if he's going to be able to handle third base. I don't know if he's going to be able to handle left field, you know? Uh, I wouldn't put him in, I wouldn't put him in the outfield at all, not mid-season. That's not, that is not what you do. That is not what you do with a Jose Reyes. This situation right here, third base second base, shortstop. Like, if you want to give Cabrera a day off, you can slot Reyes in. Same thing for Walker, but predominantly third base for Jose Reyes. So, I like to pick up. I feel like this guy, he never wanted to leave the organization because they were cash-strapped, didn't want to keep him. So, that being said, he's back home where he always wanted to be in the first place. And I think it's something to be said about that. He'll prove, he'll show him proof because he's back where he wants to be. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we've spoken about this off the air, though. He never wanted to leave New York. The Mets, 
never, you know, the Mets never made him an offer because they were dealing with the whole Bernie Madoff situation or whatnot. And the one thing that I can tell you about Jose Reyes, one, he's motivated, and two, the Mets had no, they have had no team speed since 2011. And it just so happens that was the last year Reyes was in Met uniform. He's going to bring that element of speed. I really hope when he does come up to the main, uh, to the main roster that Terry puts him in the leadoff spot and drops yep. Anderson down to second. Because the yeah. Mets, whenever they have a single, you, you opposing pitchers don't have to worry about throwing over the first base because they're not going to steal. Like David Wright leaves the Mets and throws bases at three, and he hasn't played in a couple of weeks. That's ridiculous. That's another reason why they can't score runs. If you, if you can't play textbook baseball, you have to rely on the home run to get runs. If you can't move the guy over, if the guy can't, if you don't have anybody in line who can generate a run by themselves, albeit get on first base, still second, get moved over to third on the ground out, then a sacrifice fly brings you home. If you don't have that on your team, you can't win at the highest level, man. You cannot Not win at yet. the highest level. You are absolutely right. Right now, they're pretty much living and dying with the home run ball. When they hit a home run this season, the New York Mets are 35-14. and 14. When they do not hit a home run this season, they are 15 games under 500 at 5 How crazy is that? Actually, 5-15, and 15, I'm sorry. So, they were 5-19 yesterday, and then after the Braves smoked them, we went down to 5-20. and 20. You were right the first time, he. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, but you know, overall, like I said, you know, Reyes is motivated. I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good pickup. Um, we'll see what else is out there for Sandy Alderson. You know, they're talking about the Cuban guy uh, yep. possibly coming in. He had a workout this afternoon. I'm not really too sure how that workout went. He can play right. second base. He can play third um, third base. Um, you can't count on David Wright this season. You also can't count on David Wright next season. So nope. um, I'm curious to see what Sandy's going to do because he pretty much he's a, uh, you know, all his top prospects are now are either in the starting rotation or was traded over in the Cespedes deal. So who else is there for Sandy to trade? So, Herrera. <laughs> uh, come, you know, come July 31st, we'll see, uh, we'll see what um, Sandy Yo, um, has up his sleeve. Eddie, I know who they could trade. Your boy, Kevin Plowacki. Eddie, what is your huh? issue? What is your issue with Travis Darno, man? We go back. We've been fighting like cats and dogs since the World Series last year about our catching situation. Uh, what is right, your deal all, with Darno? You know, Darno is probably not listening to this podcast right now, but if he does after the game, Travis, get up number seven. No, you are not getting compensated for it. You have not done anything with that number, Travis. Just give up the number and go about your ways. It's it's not impersonal with Travis Darno. It's just, like um, it. you know, it's funny because when the Mets traded for Travis Darno in the R.A. Dickey deal, he was the centerpiece of that deal not looking like he's the centerpiece of that deal anymore. Syndergaard is the centerpiece of that deal now. Hey. Um, he hasn't hit. Yes, he does. He was hurt, hurt, bro. He was hurt. He's, he's been hit since he came back. Ray, Ray he, he can't stay healthy. <laughs> this guy can't stay healthy. <laughs> Come on, Eddie. Let him live. All you, you know what? For all of for all of Kevin Pawecki's imperfections, Pawecki. at least you know when he when he, he's gonna play every single game. He's gonna play, he's gonna give you nine innings. He's gonna stay he's gonna on the give field. You nine, he's gonna give you nine innings of trash. He's a bomb. Hey, I it's not once again. It's nothing personal with Travis Darno. He's okay. uh, he just can't stay healthy. I mean. Let's look back on it. He went on the DL in late April. What did he go on the DL again for? Uh, shoulder tendonitis. You're 27. Uh, Why do you got shoulder tendonitis for? Come on. Oh, my God. All right. All right, Eddie. We're going to have to continue to agree and disagree on this one. Um, I hope to have you back on next Monday. Hopefully, I met to take care of business and get two out of three in Washington, man. Hopefully. They have a big week uh, coming up. You know, obviously, oh, yeah. three-game series against the Nats, and then they got the four-game yeah. set against the Cubs. So, hopefully, we're they in go uh, five and six. Thursday. 
We we gonna be in there chanting. I'm undefeated at City Field this year, so just just so you know, I'm calling the victory right now this Thursday. All right, I hope you're right, my friend. Yeah, I, I hate to pay for tickets and lose, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, but Eddie, until next week, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Definitely. People, you hear you hear that ice cream truck in the background. I'm I'm bringing the goods this week. It's the car session sports report. With your boy Jog, I do this, man. Until next time, we out of here.